depreciation benefits uh, of uh, of the rentals we had. Uh, it was able to offset um, you know nearly all my income, and uh, I actually had a loss to carry forward. Uh. You're listening to Alternative Investor Mastermind, where we do a deep dive on alternative investment opportunities and the lifestyle it can create. Join Jack Krupe as he presents actionable tips and tricks in doing passive real estate away from mainstream strategies. Go beyond the usual fix and flips and try less explored yet rewarding investing ventures from multifamily properties, mobile homes to cryptocurrencies. Do not miss this opportunity to escape traditional assets. And finally, create wealth without Wall Street. Now your host, Jack. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Alternative Investor Mastermind. Uh, today, we're going to talk a bit about depreciation. Um, it's kind of a technical subject and uh, can really impact your taxes. It's also very much misunderstood uh, by by many and uh, you know even really seasoned professionals uh, uh, often there's uh, you know specifics and questions so um, none of this is is obviously tax advice uh, you really need to consult a, a CPA uh, about your specific situation but I am gonna gonna talk high level and I'm um, gonna go through some personal uh, examples uh, that have affected me so um, for those that don't uh, know uh, my story. I, I got into real estate uh, right after college during the dot-com crisis. And uh, you know, I was benefiting from depreciation and I knew it existed, but I didn't really dive into the details. I just generally didn't pay much of any tax for the first uh, you know eight years of, of my career. I bought a bunch of rental properties. We were flipping, we were flipping houses, we were wholesaling. I uh, had a broker's license. We were, I was getting some commissions from broker, but I was absolutely a real estate professional. And because of the depreciation benefits uh, of uh, of the rentals we had, uh, it was able to offset um, you know nearly all my income. And uh, I actually had a loss to carry forward. Uh, so um, you know the real estate professional thing we've had a number of episodes on, but uh, what I'm going to talk more about today is uh, how depreciation is still a benefit for those that have W-2 income and um, or those that you know are an active business owner where where it's still considered their primary source of business where, where typically you know, depreciation is not going to offset your, your W-2 or your active income. So you know I, I, I've had a number of, uh, of people say to me, well, you know if you have a W-2 job, depreciation uh, doesn't really help you at all. Um, you know, it's true that, you know, you cannot offset your full active income with depreciation, but, uh, there, there's still a number of benefits, uh, especially just accruing tax deferred income. If you have no other investments that are passive and you invest into a syndication, uh, as an example, you're getting cash flow in your pocket every year from preferred returns or dividends. And, um, you're not paying tax on that uh, that money that year in general because you're getting a paper loss via K1. So if you're already maxing out your 401k and you're a high income earner and you're you have other cash um, on the sidelines, investing in a syndication can be a great way to earn tax deferred income. Another option is if you own other rental properties. 
So even if you're an active W-2, but you say own three or four single family houses and you're earning a profit on rents from those, those properties, um, using the depreciation there could offset that rental income again so that you have cash in your pocket and your taxes are deferred. Uh, if you own property that's uh, either went up significantly in value and the rents are, are surpassing the depreciation, you're actually paying some tax on your Schedule E, making a new investment into a syndication, especially one where it uses cost segregation and accelerated depreciation, you can you can make a new investment and that investment could actually help offset the gains or the income on other passive investments you have. So passive losses offset passive income. Um, the passive generally does not offset active income unless you qualify as a real estate professional or your spouse does. Um, there's a number of other categories where the uh, depreciation can offset. Again, it's not going to be your active W-2 income, but if you're receiving royalties, um, I covered rental property income. If you're a partner in another uh, venture LLC, something that's not your full time. So you invested in a friend's, uh, a friend's company. Um, you own a minority interest in another company that's not your primary. There, there's a lot of other scenarios where depreciation will offset other potential, uh, income and, uh, and gains. So what are the risks? Um, there is a, a thing called recapture. So if you take this depreciation, eventually when the property sells, there is recapture. Now, my philosophy with our my personal uh, income is to you know defer as uh, defer as long as possible, and also just try to manage manage the tax burden um, when it, when when sales happen by reinvesting and taking new depreciation. So. Um, the risk and, and, and the fear is just, you know, getting caught with, um, an unexpected tax bill. And, uh, you know, certainly, you know, it, it's a, it's a valid risk. But, uh, what I would say is that once you get into the game of investing in real estate, investing in syndications, uh, tax planning just becomes part of your overall strategy. And you should, you know, keep, uh, keep a spreadsheet of, of what you invested, what your K1 loss is. And, um, you know, track with, uh, with the sponsors you're investing with or if it's on your own portfolio, if you're, if you're planning to sell, you know, you should track what your tax burden is. And you should also be on the lookout when you're, when you're, when you think something's going to sell or you're notified by, uh, by one of your partners that, uh, syndication is going to sell. You should immediately be planning on where can you reinvest the uh, profits to get a new tax loss so that that income um, or gain can be can be offset. Now, the, the recapture is either at 25% for traditional depreciation or at ordinary income for the bonus depreciation. So um, the other significant benefit is if you're at a stage in your life and career that you feel you may be um, either moving, say, moving out of a, a high state tax, state income tax state and moving to a state with no income tax, um, or you're closer to retirement, you feel like your your income may decline in, in coming years. You know, it's it's very efficient to take uh, take and defer as many losses as possible now. And if and when there's recapture in the future, if you're you know going to be retired in five or seven years, 
Sure, you could take the recapture then, but your income may be a fraction of what it is now. So you're going to be paying a much lower tax rate. You may be paying 12% instead of 50%. If, for example, you're moving from California or New York to Florida or Nevada, and you're you know retiring from a high six-figure job, and your your income is much lower now. So there, there's a lot of benefits. Depreciation in syndications can be much more efficient than earning income through dividends through real estate investment trusts. If you're a hiring professional and you own REITs, you're probably not the most efficient for taxes. REITs don't pay income tax at the REIT level, and they're required to pass through 90% of their income to investors. But since they're not taxed at the entity level, these are not qualified dividends. So if you're in the highest tax bracket, you're paying 29.6% annually on the REIT dividend income, and that is not efficient. If you invested in a private fund or syndication that provides a K-1 loss, you could earn the same or higher cash distributions, but have zero taxes or your taxes will be deferred instead of having to pay that tax every year. If you compound that over five to seven years, your returns can be significantly higher through investing in private syndications or private real estate funds that issue a K-1 loss. I mentioned earlier in the episode that when I got started in my career, I um, really didn't fully understand it, but I just wasn't paying any taxes. What, what, uh, one of the things that drove me to really deep dive into you know, investing, taxes, et cetera, is that I, I personally ran into a situation where I uh, uh, took a role, ended up founding a, a company in uh, New York that was in the distressed uh, mortgage industry, and we ended up partnering with a large private equity fund. And um, the way we ended up setting it up was I ended up taking a a large W-2 with bonus as a managing director. And I also owned a piece of the business. And uh, after years of, of, you know, not really taxes weren't a big concern for me because it was just by, by default as a real estate investor, I was uh, very tax efficient, even though I didn't really fully understand it. All of a sudden, I, in addition to essentially having half my paycheck taken as taxes, I had to pay a six-figure tax bill in, in New York City. And uh, it was really eye-opening, and, and the tax code is is really written by you know high net worth business owners and, and investors, and it's really the least advantageous for for W two earners. So, um, you know, I I was uh, in a spot where I was losing half of my income to taxes, and unfortunately, I you know as someone who was an entrepreneur for a lot of my life, I wasn't uh, very happy or fulfilled in a, in a role that became a little more corporate and uh, you know a little more operational. So as, as I was figuring out uh, what to do, um, and this could be applicable to uh, a lot of uh, business owners that may be thinking about sale, retirement, or just uh, you know taking a step back and working a little less. Um, when I actually left as an employee, Instead of losing 50% of my income as an active 
uh, participant in the business, it then became passive because I, wa- I wasn't on payroll. I wasn't putting in any hours. And uh, even without becoming a real estate professional at that stage, it became passive income. And the investments that I had previously made that were not able to offset my W-2 income, now I'd had this loss that was already accumulated. And now that passive loss was able to offset passive gains or passive income that was coming from, um, from the business I owned a piece of. So again, this can be a lot more complicated, but, uh, you know, if you're a business owner and you're thinking of retiring, thinking of hiring, a, you know, maybe hiring a CEO and stepping back from day to day, um, you know, if you already own a, a, a substantial rental portfolio, uh, there could be situations where leaving, leaving the company as an employee could actually unlock tax efficiencies where you, you may actually make more money. Um, this also, you know, could work if you're contemplating selling some or all of the business, bringing on a new partner. Um, once you, and I don't know exactly what the limitations are, if you have to own less than 50% or this is something you really need to talk over with a CPA. But, uh, the, um, moral of the story is if you're in a situation where you're looking to maybe step back, sell a business, leave a business, uh, hire a new CEO, there, there could be some major tax efficiencies if structured the right way. So what are what are the other risks? Uh, had some questions about well, what happens if you get audited? Um, depreciation has been in the tax code for for a long time. Um, it's generally been a bipartisan issue as well. Um, I said there's there's rich rich Democrats own real estate, rich Republicans own real estate. So um, although it's it's been in the headlines in, in recent years that they may do things like uh, try to eliminate the 1031 exchange, um, at least at it, it largely seems to be posturing in at least the last number of years I've been following it. It hasn't really made it into the, the tax code. Um, with that said, the accelerated depreciation, uh, bonus depreciation that's been around since 17, since 2017 is starting to sunset. Um, this year in 2023, bonus depreciation is dropping to 80% instead of 100%. And um, next year, it's going to go to 60%. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens over time. Um, regardless, even, even if the bonus depreciation drops all the way down, um, just using a cost segregation and doing accelerated depreciation is still usually very efficient and, and will, will, uh, you know, yield a higher loss than, uh, if you just do that straight line, uh, 27 and a half years depreciation. Um, we are getting a little technical here, but there, there's other episodes, uh, that have the, you know, have specifics and, and feel free to reach out. Uh, if you reach out to someone on our team, we can um, point you in the right direction to some other resources that do uh, do a deep dive into uh, how depreciation works. So um, th- that's uh, about it for this episode. I-, I-, I thank everyone for listening. Please uh, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast platform of choice. And... Um, Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we do have a Facebook group now for the Alternative Investor Mastermind, so we encourage everyone to uh, apply and, and join the group. We'll be putting some custom content up there as well um, and uh, going to start doing some uh, some lives 
uh, some Facebook Lives. So um, want to engage with our audience, please uh, yeah, reach out if you have any questions you'd like us to cover on future shows. That's all for this episode of Alternative Investor Mastermind. Now that you know the many alternative opportunities out there all up for the taking, you can finally become ultra-connected and ultra-wealthy. Get more valuable advice from the experts by subscribing to the show at alternativeinvestormastermind.com. Become a winner in the world of passive investing today in alternative investment strategies. Thank you for joining us. Until next time.